It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. We'll continue to hear more about tax code, tax changes, uh, spending, trillion dollar, multi-trillion dollar bills and packages. The state of the economy matters to this conversation, and you need to have a clear understanding of where we are before and without these proposals by the Biden administration. So where were we? Where are we? And did we need or do we need more spending at all these levels being proposed? Diana Furchgott Roth joins me, economist. She served as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Research and Technology at the Department of Transportation during the Trump administration. Uh, Diana, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for joining me. It's great to be with you, David. So let's go to the numbers. As, you know, we've done this before enough times. The recent jobs report showed that the economy was growing. Number of jobs grew again uh, in various sectors by under a million, 916,000. That was significant. But still, we got a $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Uh, what's the disconnect here if the foundation shows that we can grow our way out of this recent pandemic effect on the economy versus just spending money, which incurs more debt? Well, we certainly need to be uh, cognizant of the amount that we're spending and the amount that we are passing on to our children. And yes, we do need spending in some areas, but as this employment report has shown, 1.9 1.9 trillion is far too much. Uh, the the um, the employment numbers were calculated the week that the bill was signed into law. The bill was signed into law on March 11th. That's the same week that the Bureau of Labor Statistics calculated these terrific numbers for March that came out at the beginning of April. So we can see that the economy was growing very strongly. There were gains in the government sector, right? But the private sector is the majority of the gains. Uh, With the private sector growing, and yes, there are challenges. There are various sectors that are still hurting. uh, But with the private sector growing, what type of jobs are those typically? Are they longer term, uh, higher paid wages or more sustainable? Either one or both are a great scenario for the individual, therefore for the community. Well, one of the largest sectors that grew was uh, jobs in the services, professional and business services. That always grows. But one of the uh, most dramatic changes in this report was the 280,000 jobs in leisure and hospitality. And that shows that people are starting to go out to restaurants and hotels again. That was the sector that had been depressed because of the pandemic, because of the lockdown. Restaurants and hotels were not allowed to open So all those workers were not able to work. Many of them were low skill, couldn't get any other jobs. So it's very positive that that sector showed such a large increase. People are getting confident. They're going out. They're going to restaurants. And that's a very good sign for the future of the economy. My guest, Diana Furch, got Roth. Uh, Back in 2015, and so we're going prior to the Trump administration and your work there, 
You wrote Disinherited, How Washington is Betraying America's Young. So let's talk about the future, the youth, whether it's a college graduate, technical school graduate, high school graduate for that matter. Uh, the, the economy, the technology, various sectors change, right? Development, uh, innovation. But when you look at the broad group of 18 to 30-year-olds today, and maybe even younger than 30, what does their future look like if we keep spending at these levels rather than having, you know, the pro-growth, real foundation basis for this economy? Well, if we keep spending at these levels, this is something they are going to have to pay back eventually, either in terms of higher tax increases or inflation uh, cutting their paychecks. But I think we need to be even more concerned about regulations that prevent the economy growing, higher taxes that prevent the economy growing, that drive businesses offshore and prevent them getting good jobs here in the United States. And that's the main problem with the $2 trillion infrastructure bill that appears to be coming down the pike. You know, when you look at that bill and you look at uh, all their other proposals combined, increasing corporate tax rates, increasing multinational tax rate, this, un- this quote, uniform approach uh, on the global scale, you know, these companies make decisions as a result of this. Now, granted, large sectors, large corporations can lobby for carve-outs and subsidies. Not a fan of those. I, I certainly am not. But, you know, they will make decisions that will go right down to the factory floor, whether it's a supplier or in some other form. So what does that have? What kind of effect do you think that will have on the economy and on a true growth rather than handing out money, which then devalues, in my opinion, the economy? Well, David, when the tax rates went down in 2017, there was... Uh, a massive spurt of investment here in the United States. And by February 2020, unemployment rates were down to 3.5%, record lows among women, teens, blacks, Hispanics, which are traditional groups that had higher unemployment rates. These low taxes, this boom to the economy, helped everybody. It helped everybody. And we need to make sure that that keeps going. That's very important for everybody's well-being. We need to make sure that America is the best place to create jobs because it's American workers that should have those jobs rather than people offshore. You know, I talked about the National Association of Manufacturers' recent report on the tax increases, what it could do, job losses, harm the economy, long-term wages, uh, uh, real wages falling as projected. And again, these billions that are being proposed, Diana, uh, would not raise, the taxes would not raise the amounts to cover the spending. Two and a half trillion would not be raised in the period proposed by all these taxes, not to mention the depressive effect on uh, not only on the companies, but on the economy overall. So Washington, to go back to your book, which is on my shelf and always will be, Washington's betraying us. And why is it they don't see this? Is it just unwilling? Is it ideology? What are your thoughts? The, 
the balance, it's the balance of power, David. It's these people who come lobbying. No one is lobbying for young people. No one is lobbying for having schools open, for having lower social security payments so that young people's paychecks go further and they don't have to pay such high taxes for social security. No one's lobbying for younger people to pay lower health care costs or have streamlined insurance, which is which is fine for them. The whole effort in Washington goes in favor of older people. So take schools, for example. The schools have been closed. That benefits the teachers who are older. It works against these students, these children who have to stay home. And you can just see this time and time again in issue after issue. So it's just very important to uh, see if, uh, you know, to, 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 to try to change this. It's very important to try to change this. Yeah, it's important to our future. And, you know, the rest of the world's watching. And you know, I would say organizations like the European Union, you look at China now rolling out a, a test of a digital yuan, uh, you know, taking that, you know, lines of code uh, controlled by the Chinese Communist Party for various other reasons. Uh could they begin to exert more economic influence than they already have on a number of countries uh, when you look at their efforts economically and politically? And what kind of effect would that have on the U.S. dollar? Uh, uh, they could, although I think that there's certainly going to be a level of trust in the U.S. dollar and in the U.S. economy that countries such as China cannot have because of our respect for property rights, because people know that an investment in the United States means something. Uncle Sam is always going to pay its debts and property rights are respected. And we just don't see that right now in China. Let's hope that China will change, but I, we, we're not seeing that at the moment, especially yeah, I... with the massive human rights violations against the Uyghurs being placed into internment camps. Yeah, or the reality that at any time Xi Jinping's government, now Mr. President for life, uh, can come into your company and essentially take it over in some form. Uh, there certainly is a key point there that you make about investing in the U.S. The U.S. government will not come in and take your company without at least, let's call it, reasonable need. Uh, well, maybe unreasonable need might be the way to put it. Diana, always to the point on the numbers. I really appreciate it. It's great to be on your show, David. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Diana Furchgott Roth, economist, uh, former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Research and Technology in the Department of Transportation, and someone, I, I mean it, folks, read her, learn her, look her up. Uh, these are by the numbers. She does great work for the Manhattan Institute. Always has. 866-95-PATRIOT-957-2871. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.